Hello everyone, I'm Izzy Wells and welcome to Hot Stuff, where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture, we'll be keeping you up to date on relevant and unique Taiwan-related content every Tuesday. Today, I'm joined by Brennan Wong. Hello, everybody. And what day is it today, Brennan? It is Valentine's yeah, Day. So Love is in the air. Woo woo. Um, in the Western calendar, 14th of Feb, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, we're going to be delving into everything Valentine's and love related in Ooh. Taiwan. Uh, stick around to hear about how it's celebrated here in Taiwan and around East Asia, what dating culture is like, and some of the beliefs surrounding love matches and God. Okay, so let's start with some of the background, right? Mm-hmm. So in the Western calendar, we just have one Valentine's Day, right? which is today on February the 14th every year. But if you're in Taiwan or elsewhere in Asia, you could be celebrating Valentine's Day up to three times a year if you wanted. Mm. So other than February 14th, mm-hmm. we also have here... Um, or the double seventh festival mm-hmm. so it's the seventh day of the seventh lunar month on the lunar calendar and right. i guess it's like asian valentine's day if we yeah. can call that yeah um and it celebrates the annual meeting of the cowherd and weaver girl in mythology mm-hmm. um let's talk about the story of the cowherd <laughs> and weaver girl okay so yeah. it's a chinese folktale yes and it basically starts where there's seven fairies, I believe, who they lived in heaven. Mm-hmm. They went down to a trip um, mm-hmm. to the mortal world yeah. near where the cowherd lived. Um, they went swimming and then he took like clothes to see what would happen. This is the point where I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, questionable. Yes. Yeah. And then the fairies elected the youngest and most beautiful sister to go and retrieve their clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the cowherd had seen her naked, he had to marry her. But then they ended up being happily married. They had two kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then, however however um it's forbidden to marry a mortal so for this like fairy um when the goddess of heaven found out she ordered the fairy to return the cowherd tried to go after her but the goddess of heaven separated them by making a wide river in the sky forming the milky way between them Mm -hmm. now once a year all the magpies would take pity on them and fly to heaven to make a bridge so they can reunite for a day and what day is that yeah, it's the Qi Xi yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So let's talk more about Qi Xi. Um, on this day, is mm-hmm. would you say like this one's more popular in Taiwan or February 14th? I feel like this one actually. Yeah. Um, and I have to uh, just quickly comment on that Chinese folktale that you just <laughs> talked about. It yeah. very much is like the Asian Romeo and Juliet right. in a way. In yeah. the sense that they're star-crossed lovers. Um, mm. That... Uh, what makes this especially beautiful of a holiday beautiful if you're like <laughs> in love i guess <laughs> is that um there's a lot of like romantic meaning to it maybe there's like aspects where modern day take might be a little bit like uh, a little bit questionable in terms <laughs> of the details but this idea that they're like reuniting as lovers is mm. pretty um special to a lot of people so i think in that sense a lot of people do celebrate chishi like valentine's day more right yeah. yeah that was nice yeah and then we've also got another one yes. called white day yeah 
Um, which is the white Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, so that's on the 14th of March. Right. Um, a month after like Western Valentine's Day. So a month after the 14th of February. Right. Now, people give gifts to those who gave them gifts on Valentine's. Right. And apparently this tradition began in Japan in 1978. And it's traditionally the woman who gives gifts on Valentine's, so mm. on the 14th of Feb, um, and then on White Day, the man is meant to return with gifts worth twice or three times the amount, and typically chocolate. Yeah. Um, and it's also celebrated here, I believe. Yeah. Um, have you heard of? Have you heard of like? White people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know what's actually crazy? It's that growing up in Taiwan, we have a lot of influences from Japanese television and Japanese mm, cartoons. Yeah. And so in these cartoons, they actually depict White Valentine's Day quite frequently. Oh, so at a young age, I was like, oh, I really didn't know that Valentine's Day came in like multiple waves. But mm. then um, like in the cartoons, like it was a big deal in terms of whether or not like the male characters like returned a gift to the right. female characters in in cartoons which yeah. to me is still very um surprising now that i look back on it is that you know at a young age these kind of cultural like customs mm. from japan kind of are influencing you know the scene in taiwan yeah. and i do remember growing up in taiwan that like you know some of my peers around me did kind of take um note or like partake in this tradition which mm. um again kind of surprising i personally have never <laughs> <laughs> i have no personal experiences with this but i do know that like it is um observed in taiwan mm. which is kind of nice i feel like you can never have um, too much love yeah too much love i guess <laughs> but you know as a single person who knows how they feel about that <laughs> have you ever heard of someone maybe getting a gift on valentine's day mm -hmm. and then it getting to white day and then being like oh i don't really want to return return the, the favor or maybe it was like they didn't want the really in the first place mm. it was kind of like unwanted attention yeah um have you ever heard of anything like that i've heard of like situations where like someone gets a lot of chocolates on valentine's day from mm. multiple suitors oh. but then they can only return one in oh, a way yeah. but then yeah it really depends has not again happened to me yet <laughs> <laughs> how and you i know you have two siblings yeah um, i actually have three. Oh, sorry I have three three sisters three yeah. sisters okay so mm -hmm. how do they usually like typically in the past oh my gosh how have they celebrated valentine's you know, it's very interesting. Or any it, of these. It mm -hmm. really depends on like how open you are with your family too. And mm. I think in Taiwan specifically, you know, it's a very, it's, it, well, like growing up, I guess nowadays it's a little different, but growing up it was way more conservative. Like right. um, people really want you to get married or like have kids, mm. but then the process in which you get there I think it's like very hush hush. Right. Like people don't really talk about it. You know, your Valentine's Day experience is very much like not publicly shared. Oh, and also interesting. like and also um you know p uh, public displays of affection, you know, mm, like holding oh, yes. hands. That is yeah. also like not you know, I think it's getting more and more um frequently observed in Taiwan, but mm. I think back then like it was still probably more like reserved sure. like people kind of left things kind of in their more private sphere and mm. then kept like more like westernized what you would imagine to be like westernized you know public displays of affection kind of like not not in the scene not in the yeah. picture no i'm honestly i'm pretty down for like there not being a lot of pda like <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that's great yeah i know in korea there's mm -hmm. this thing um is it called like skinship or something where mm -hmm. it's like you can't 
really touch skin with people like yeah. unless you're like maybe in a relationship with them or like it's really like i don't know just like uncomfortable for anyone and right. it's like in in western culture you know to greet someone you often give them a hug right um but i feel like yeah and it's you got to be careful yeah, <laughs> because you like, don't want it to be uh misconstrued like what your intention was yeah like even if you watch korean dramas mm. or like japanese dramas taiwanese dramas at most maybe like the climax of a romantic tv show is that these two characters or these two oh yeah these two characters like touch hands or like they hold yeah. hands that's yeah. like the climax we're like you know in western media maybe that's like the first thing they do when yeah. like in episode one yeah no i've seen some really funny tiktoks about this about like <laughs> comparing like the korea drama like when they when the two characters that you finally want to get together like hold hands and right. you're like woo, and then <laughs> um juxtaposed within a western drama where they're just like you know straight at it and you don't really right you don't really have any like you're like oh. it's very different <laughs> but um i guess that's just kind of different ways of like looking at love and relationships which mm. you know i don't think there's a wrong answer and i don't think one comes out as superior as the other i think there's a lot of kind of less straightforwardness in i guess i can only speak from my experiences yeah. but what i've observed so far is that there, it's more indirect like mm. i think you know when you're out at bars or when you're out you know in a social scene it's less likely that people will come up to you to be very direct i think yes. i have seen it happen <laughs> but you know in terms of like what you see on western media i don't mm. think it's like as frequently happening in taiwan maybe yeah. like as time changes you know um, mm. people become more open maybe that will change but mm. mostly i think there's a lot of like indirect things that happen like writing a little note or like yeah a little, a little more romantic i would a say more, I, I think so i like that yeah <laughs> let's talk more about the dating culture in taiwan oh my gosh okay. um, <laughs> like the process because this is like very different to in the uk for example and i'm also sure like the u.s right so the process of like how you eventually get to being maybe like boyfriend and girlfriend yeah so maybe at the start of a situation you kind of like someone mm -hmm. um and maybe you'd like refer to them as like an I may do xiang. Is that right? But like I also you're flirting with them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, like yeah. And then you finally get to that that point where you're like, okay, like I want this person to be like my mm -hmm. boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah. So what would the next step be? Yeah, I think it really depends. Sometimes people are willing to express their feelings mm. and like. Are willing to communicate that for um, for the next person or oh, for the other person to so know. So they would they like galpai. Yeah. So yeah. that that okay, is which is like declaring your feelings. Right. Um, to declare it. Yeah. Yeah, and like I love that that's a term because <laughs> it's like I don't know like we would we just be like oh yeah did you ask them to be like your boyfriend girlfriend yeah um but here it's like oh no like did you express your feelings and yeah. then after that. You'll be, you're basically going to be like boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, it depends, right? It, it depends. It, oh yeah, that's true because... <laughs> I was like, it's not like yeah, a magical, I, yeah. I like you and they're like, let's be No, together. exactly, because someone could um, go by and then be like, oh, actually, like, sorry, I didn't feel that way or I don't yeah. want to, yeah, I didn't, yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, and I feel like casual dating is a lot more of a thing in the West, mm -hmm. um, uh, which I, I don't know, I think, I've had a lot of friends actually who like we've spoken about it and like casual dating like it's great if that's what you're into but I do think there becomes a point like I have one friend she's super like uh super independent like super like woo like strong woman yeah um but like even she was like you know it's like nice having 
the option for casual stuff but it gets to a point where like everyone is just kind of not wanting to commit Commit. and you don't (laughs) have any kind of like actual like meaningful relationships because everyone's just like oh can swipe for the next person or like there's always options Mm -hmm. um which i think is is like one kind of shame of this like kind of i guess modern dating mm-hmm. uh way and i guess i mean the dating apps is like across all countries or societies right. you know since you're um you know your show is called hot stuff yeah the new term i think in recent years is this mm. idea of a situationship right. which is like you're not really in a relationship you're kind of in a situationship it's like yeah in a complicated situation where there is not so much of a defined commitment Mm. but also like maybe some feelings are there and then it's kind of like it gets really confusing yes and so it's very interesting because i feel like younger generations would be like ah a situation whereas maybe the older generation would be like what is a yes you know what i've had the conversations with my mom actually i've been talking about maybe some of my friends and i'm like oh they're like seeing each other and she's like what does that mean they're not boyfriend and girlfriend and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i'm like no they're just like seeing each other like and then she's like i don't understand why aren't they just boyfriend and girlfriend like they like each other like uh, i think maybe sometimes people think that being boyfriend and girlfriend like has a lot of they, they they think it's like oh it's too much pressure it's like right. this idea of like commitment i feel like a lot of young people these days are like don't want commitment yeah um, which is very interesting i do wonder like to what extent maybe dating apps has facilitated this mm. because um i was rec- i was listening to this other podcast about like how to build a happy life and one of them was talking about um you know this idea of swiping culture and how it right. can be very reductive mm-hmm. so you like reduce people to kind of just their looks and maybe like their one you know little Line, bio description yeah. which is really hard to encapsulate the complexity of an individual For sure. and then when you repeatedly do that you know it's very interesting to see how that might affect your psych like psychological outtake on you know romantic relationships and how mm, to build them yeah and i think coming out of a pandemic as well um it's very interesting to see <laughs> people maybe trying to interact in person and again i think yeah. um i graduated a uh, university then already but then i know that like some of my friends who are still at uh, uni they said that you know people are struggling to rebuild connections mm. and so you like maybe that contributes to like the situationship um that yeah, happened definitely. or like the lack of like commitments i think stuff. you're onto something there for <laughs> sure and would you say in taiwan that people date for marriage you know that's very interesting i i think in taiwan i can't speak for everybody i think uh. i think there is still like a strong sense of pressure though to marry mm. i think um as you get older you know your elders around you might start wondering like why is this person not you know <laughs> why is this person unmarried yeah and then that might have especially coming out of the lunar new year i think i've heard a lot of like people ask me like are you in a relationship are you gonna start getting married and then yeah. my my answer is always like i'll wait until my sisters get married <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then also like again there is no i feel like the younger generation now is like having less well maybe less of a desire where like they see like an absolute need to get married Mm. but maybe there is still some type of pressure there from like the older generation to get married yeah so do you think when you're dating someone if you didn't see them as like a viable marriage match as such yeah like you didn't see them as like an actual long-term partner like well you or like you know other people you feel like other people in taiwan your sisters whatever do you think you would then like not date them yeah i think it's a it's a balance right i think Mm. it's really hard to say one person 
right off the bat is marriage material yeah because they feel like you got to spend more time with them eventually mm-hmm. to know kind of their um, little quirks or maybe their little habits that you might not know right off the bat mm-hmm. but then also like recklessly going to a relationship i don't know if that is my approach sometimes <laughs> um so i think it's a balance i think if you are an overthinker you like think oh my gosh 10 years down f- 15 years down <laughs> will i like be able to spend my life with them but it also depends right it depends on what you want in life because mm-hmm. not everybody thinks that not it's not everyone's like same conception that like i gotta marry with this person for life yeah so it really depends i think yeah it's a hard balance though i gotta say it's a hard balance mm. which is why i'm still single. <laughs> <laughs> um and let's talk about paying okay paying. so like okay. paying on Ooh, dates la, la. or just like in a relationship yeah what would you say the most common thing or say let's talk about the first date okay mm-hmm. first date to start with on the whole what do you think the general feeling is of who should pay on a first date in taiwan right because traditionally like i think people say that like oh men should pay on the first mm. date if you're in a heterosexual date yes <laughs> if you're on a heterosexual date yeah uh, like men should pay but um you know there are also talks about like maybe you don't have to have that kind of pressure mm. or like have that kind of custom and my friends and i love talking about this because yeah. you know we're all like um kind of you know on their own romantic journeys but mm. my one of my friends said that you know it's kind of nice to have the other person pay mm. at least on the first date to demonstrate kind of interest yeah but then what um my my thinking is always that you know i think that is also kind of great too in the sense that one person pays for the dinner and then maybe next time you can say oh like let's grab a dinner and it's on me or yeah. or like later you go grab a dessert and then you pay for the dessert mm. so it's like i think it's good to have a balance yeah, yeah and I, yeah. I think i think it should come down to maybe who who invited who on the date mm. like if it's like the first date say like i asked someone out on a date right like i feel like i would offer to pay whereas like if it was the other way around like they should offer to pay because they've invited you out Mm. but then like as it if you're in a relationship i feel like that's like the healthy thing is just like to take turns right um but yeah i feel like this is still a super like divisive topic yeah i also am affected by how like traditionally people have always been like oh men should pay on a first date yeah so in my back of my head if they didn't offer i would feel a bit like Oh, oh, <laughs> but like at the same time, I'm like, no, like we, I, I, I myself, like, still on that dilemma. I still haven't worked out how I actually feel. I yeah. haven't reached a conclusion about how I feel about that topic. Because it's definitely like some way that we've been taught, right? We've been mm. taught that we've been taught one way, but then also another way is like, how do we actually feel about it? But yeah. I again don't think there's like a right or wrong answer. Like you said earlier, I think it's hard to generalize what everybody should do, mm. but more so just like you know maybe at the end of the day it comes down to the two people just communicating what feels comfortable for yeah, them because yeah. it for me personally i don't think i expect the other person to pay and if mm. they do offer then it's like oh we'll talk about it yeah or like, i think it's definitely nice to offer for yeah. sure yeah and i think maybe the uh situation becomes tricky when you have like you know a difference in understanding mm. like you maybe expected the other person yes. to pay because they offered the first uh they offered to uh, uh, they invited you on a date but yes. maybe the other person was just like well i i thought it was like a <laughs> yeah. go dutch situation mm. and what's the term in chinese if you want to split the bill you say <laughs> <laughs> or one of the terms as well is <laughs> i think i just find it not that like very um appealing if 
you know, you're coming down to the wire and you're like, okay, so can you give me like 11 and tea? <laughs> yeah. And then you're like counting a, coins. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, what's my tea? My tea quiet? Yeah, like the total comes down to three, 11. And you're like, oh. <laughs> you're just like spitting. spitting. It's just not the, I don't know. That's, but that's just me though. So we're almost out of time. Let's uh, cover one last topic. Okay. Which is, uh, I found really interesting, is about um, the god of marriage and love in mm-hmm. Chinese mythology, Ye Lao. Um, I've actually, there's a film, a Taiwanese film yes. by the same <laughs> name, which is, I, I, I thought it was really cute. It was interesting because I didn't know anything about mm. the whole concept of the red thread before. Mm-hmm. So um, I found that really interesting. So listeners, if you want to find out more about um, Ye Lao, watch the film. Mm-hmm. Um, now, who is Ye Lao? What does he, what does he do? Yeah, so he is someone who um, is like, almost like a matchmaker mm. um basically i think um there's a whole story to it that i don't think we have enough time for <laughs> but um people would pray to him at like um uh, at a temple mm. and hopes of finding a partner so then like come this time he'll look at this pamphlet that he has of like all the single people <laughs> and then match them based on personality or something and mm. so this idea of that of a red string is that they tie you and your fated partner right. um so it's kind of like your destiny to like meet each other at some point right so yeah so that's like kind of the overarching thing of mm. like people praying to this person in hopes of finding a partner that they'll settle down with so if like i was single where could mm-hmm. I, is there a special temple I could go to in Taipei? Yeah, there are actually several temples that you can go mm. to. Um, and some of them are like very magical or like very um, effective is what um, I've been told. Mm. Um, there's one in, I think there's one in Beimen. So oh. it's um, Beimen, uh, Chen Huang Miao. So mm. this is... Um, yeah, this one's near Dihuajie. So <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to look it up. But there's <laughs> also cool. another one called Mongja Longsensi. Mm. So yeah, so actually I'm going to go like later this oh weekend. Oh my God, so can't I'll let wait. You, yeah, tell I'll me how, you know it how it is. <laughs> and do you, do you go with like a red string when you pray? No, so you actually have to do like this um, ritual. And then oh. this ritual, you have to get like a positive sign. Uh, it's like, um, do you know Buabwe? It's like this half moon, half oh. moon thing that you have to toss. And so once you get like three positive signs, then you can take home this like red string. And then, you know, that's like supposed to signal or like represent the red string that this moon god does. Very interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Um, I really enjoyed that chat. I love, I love, you know, I just, I love like the mythology and kind of stuff behind it. I think it's super interesting. Um, Now, before we go, Brandon, you have a show that we don't, we don't have a confirmed date yet, but you have a show that's going to be kind of exploring all this like modern day love, I believe, or just love in general. Yeah, so I have a show that's coming out soon, hopefully by the end of this month, which will unpack kind of the complexities of romantic relationships. Mm. So we'll also feature some like tiny love stories that are happening around Taiwan, but also going deeper into social issues in Taiwan that's related to romance, singlehood, all that. So uh, if you really enjoyed this episode or if you're interested in learning more, then definitely tune in on that. Yes, I will be tuning in for sure. <laughs> you might be on it too. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.